Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. And uh, Bob Irving joins us now, the voice of the Bombers. Bob, good afternoon. Hello, Al. How are you? I am good. I'm, I'm glad it's Friday. I realize uh, the weekends are kind of like the week uh, during the pandemic, but I still get excited about Fridays and, and the weekend, just a chance to get a little more sleep. And uh, Were you up uh, late last night? Did you uh, uh, stay awake right till the end of the Jets game? Oh, yeah. Now, I'm not getting up early in the morning anymore, Al. They yeah. come in and do the morning sports, so I can stay up till 10 or 10.30 most nights before I fall asleep. Oh, my asleep. goodness. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it was over about 9.15 or 9.20. No, actually, it went into overtime. It was just after 9.30. Yeah. So, no, it was good. It was uh, an exciting game. The Jets had a, a rough first period. They uh, they didn't look very sharp in the first period. They were quite badly outplayed. Mm-hmm. But, boy, did they ever come on, and then they dominated the rest of the game. And, uh, of course, Patrick Liney had a big night with a couple of goals and an assist, and it was a, a good start to the season, one down and 55 to play. And I, I would always caution Jets fans to not overreact to a win or a loss early in the season. Don't start drawing any conclusions yet. But uh, it's a great way to start the year, get a, a win over a division rival. And, of course, all they're going to be playing is division rivals this year. Well, I was going to say eight more games now with the Flames after uh, the win last night. So we'll get a, a lot of looks at Calgary. Well, and these are all four-pointers, as they say, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Although Calgary did get a point last night because it went into overtime. So, But every time you beat a, a division rival, uh, you know, you, you take a real advantage over them. So, you know, it's been said, I know, by everybody, Paul Maurice and Kevin Sheveldayoff and all the players that, each game will have more importance this season than it would have had in any other season because each game is against a team in your division. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun ride. Uh, next up is Toronto, and the games with the Leafs are always they always have a little bit of extra, mm-hmm. uh, you know, excitement to them. Yeah, and exciting that you know the games are back on CGOB. Paul Edmonds sounded great last. The whole team sounded great last night. Kelly Moore, Jamie Thomas. It was just exciting to have NHL hockey, Winnipeg Jets hockey, back on CJOB, Bob. Yeah, it sure was. You know how I feel about that, uh, Hal. And yeah. I, I think you know we got off to a great start last night. Kelly put together a two-hour pregame package that only he could orchestrate and uh, line up the way he did, and it worked uh, very, very well. And of course. Uh, Paul Edmonds rock solid on the play-by-play. It was a good night. Good night for mm-hmm. us. Good night for the Jets. And a great night for Patrick Laine, who, yeah. man, was he impressive last night. He looks like a grown man now. He's just, you know, he's 22 years old. Our expectations for him have been so high, and he's been very good every year he's played. But uh, the expectations when they drafted him were so high. Uh, and boy, last night he started to look like that complete player. You forget how big he is. He's 6'5", Alan, about 2'10". Mm-hmm. And it looks like he's sort of growing up both physically and mentally. And I would say to the rest of the NHL, look out. This guy looks like he means business. Yeah. Boy, 6'5", 210. Him and I can almost wear the same shirts. Almost. Not quite. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, you're, uh, the, the the length of the body would be the same. <laughs> would be the same, yes. Not the width, that's for sure. Hey, uh, one final hockey question, and then we'll switch gears to football because the Bombers had big news today. So mm-hmm. no preseason. It's only the first game. Obviously, you know, the Jets got off to a slow start last night but came roaring back. 
Um, do you like the, the team's chances? What are you expecting from the team? Like I said, it's it's a short season. We've had no preseason. It's it's very different. Yeah, it is very different. I know the, the prognosticators, most of them across the country, have picked the Jets uh, not to be in the top four in the Canadian division or the North division, as the NHL is calling it, and you have to be in the top four to make the playoffs. But I think they've got a great chance. They have a very... A high-powered, explosive offense, Hal. We all know that. Their forwards are, are dynamic. Uh, the questions surround the blue line, the defense, and I thought last night the defensemen looked pretty solid. Of course, we all know how good Connor Hellebuck is, so I don't know why this team can't be right in the thick of the race and can't make the playoffs. You know, in sport, you have to have a few things fall your way. You need to stay healthy. You know, if they lost a guy like Shifley or Patrick Laine or some of their key guys for an extended period, that changes everything. But given reasonable health and uh, a break here and there, I think this team's yeah. good enough to really make a lot of noise. I really do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Doug's got a great question. Text message from Doug at 204-780-6868. Hey, Hal, did Bob ever call Jets hockey? I don't think so, eh, Bob? Oh, yeah, I called some games back in the WHA, and I did a couple in the NHL, too, when uh, Kenny Nicholson was, uh, you know, unable to answer yep. the bell. So, yeah, I've done uh, probably okay. 15 or 20 hockey games in, in my career. There you I've go, never... Doug. I was wrong. Bob has done yeah. uh, Jets uh, hockey. There you go. And they um, were fun to do, too, I can tell sure. you. Sure, yeah. Andrew Harris, uh, back with the Bombers. Uh, he's extended his contract with the team uh, for a year. That's a big deal, isn't it, Bob? Yeah, it's a very big deal. The Bombers have done a great job of signing the players who had become free agents after the 2020 CFL season was postponed. They've got most of the key guys back. There's still one or two out there. Andrew Harris was one of the last ones, and we were all wondering when that was going to get done, and it got done and was announced this morning. You know, he's such a big part of the team. We all remember his tremendous performance in the Great Cup game. But it goes beyond that. He had a, tr- a superb 2019 season, 1,380 rushing yards. Third year in a row, he's led the CFL in rushing. You know, he's defying the calendar, really. He'll be 34 when the upcoming season begins, and yet he still continues to play at such a high level. He's just a really crucial component to the whole thing. He's a local guy, uh, and having him back is uh, just another kind of notch in the belt of the Bombers as they get set to defend that great cup when things get going in 2021 mm-hmm. and final question i think everybody's asking everybody this question these days what are you in day streaming what are you watching on tv what are you what are you binging bob well you know what i got into was yellowstone and i just i've heard finished. that's good yeah I, well <laughs> it it pulls you in uh it's quite violent and uh, to some degree unbelievable but I'm a Kevin Costner fan, and I think the acting, the performances are outstanding. So I really got hooked on it. I finished off the third season. They tell me the fourth season will be coming out sometime maybe around June, so I'm looking forward to that. Other than that, Hal, I haven't found anything to to really get on top of and follow up in a long-term way. There's a few weekly TV shows that I'm a fan of now, Prodigal Son and... uh, Mm. The Resident is the medical show that I like to watch. I think it's really yeah. good. I like Seal Team, um, and then I watch. Going to watch a lot of hockey and football, of course. Sure, and some, ba- and some basketball too. Yeah, good. All right. Well, there you go. There's your streaming update with Bob Irving, the voice of the Bombers. Bob, have a great weekend. Oh, you too, Al. Bye bye. All right, voice of the Bombers, Bob Irving on the Jets and the Bombers. Andrew Harris is uh, back with the team. 
Well, it is Bagel Day, and the owner of Bagel Smith here in Winnipeg joins us on the phone now, Phil Klein. Happy Bagel Day, Phil. Happy Bagel Day, Hal. Yes, it was one year ago today I tasted your bagels for the first time. That's correct. Yeah, you're actually the first person we ever tweeted from our account as well, funny enough. Isn't that something? And here you are a year later, uh, and I watched you grow from delivering bagels, and now you've got a storefront. We do, yeah, 185 Carlton Street, uh, right across from the convention center. And, um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been quite the year for us. It's been a, an interesting one, to say the least. <laughs> and how is that going now with COVID-19 restrictions in place? So our shop is actually designed as a grab-and-go concept anyway, so there's no seats or anything like that. So it's actually pretty suits to the environment and the kind of the economic climate very well right now. Um, so we're able to just do one-way traffic. So you come in the street level, leave out the back door. We have everybody socially distanced. And that's actually worked pretty well for us. It's been uh, pretty efficient. What is it about the Bagel Smith Bagel? It's a Montreal-style bagel, right? That's correct, yes. So explain what that is, because it is different. Yeah, I know. It absolutely is different. So your, your Montreal-style bagel is, uh, well, first and foremost, it's boiled in honey water. So it helps give it a little bit of more extra sweetness. Um, gives a little more golden color on the on the exterior. Um, the seeds are all the way around the bagel, not just kind of seasoned on the top. They're a little lighter than your your, your New York style counterpart, if you will. Um, they're a little bit you know sweeter, a little bit chewier, um, and uh, they've got a larger hole in the center. So it's not so much like a big New York style bagel. It's a little more smaller. It's like a light snack, if you will. And why did you decide Winnipeg needed this type of bagel? Because you can get bagels everywhere, and yet you're a hit. You've been a big success. Yeah, you know, I mean, to be honest, I just saw a gap in the marketplace, and I've been to Montreal with my dad a couple times and was smitten by the bagels and the smoked meat and just became an instant fan. And I always kind of thought, like, why why isn't that here? Like, It just didn't make any sense. It's not like, you know, Winnipeg is much different than any other large city that has, you know, multiple bagel shops and there was nothing here like this and so you know i was fortunate enough to be able to kind of have an idea and you know be able to actually do it not many people get to you know execute the ideas they have so i've been very lucky and very grateful for that well and you mentioned the smoked meat i had a smoked meat bagel i ordered in a smoked meat bagel from your place bagel (laughs) smith for lunch today and it was phenomenal where is the meat from so it's actually we're importing it from a smoke shop in uh, montreal um, they've been around for a really long time. We got put in touch with them from uh, um, a relative. And, uh, yeah, so we're importing it directly from them. And uh, we slice it thin, and we steam it and pile it high on the bagels with our hot, hot, smu- our hot, hot mustard. And, uh, yeah, it's incredible. It's by far our most popular sandwich. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a really special experience. On a, on a fresh bagel, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's great. Incredible, yeah. What other sandwiches do you make there at Bagelsmith? So we've got a variety of different sandwiches, some pretty unique stuff unique to us. Um, you know, we have your classic stuff like the smoked meat, um, your classic lox. Um, we have a little bit of a fun twist on a lox bagel. We call the bento bagel, which we do with um, wasabi schmear, uh, lox, um, cucumbers, and uh, pickled ginger. So kind of a fun twist or spin on a, a lox sandwich with, uh, you know, a bit of a sushi spin, if you will. Um, we've got another really popular one, which is our big buff, um, named after, you know, my favorite uh hockey player, which is apropos. That's, <laughs> right. uh, the Jets are starting again this week, so yeah. that's exciting. Um, but um, on that one, it's uh, Buffalo Ranch, Schmear, oven roasted turkey breast, shaved uh, uh, shaved iceberg lettuce, um, hot sauce, and bread and butter pickles. So a bit of that sweet and that spicy, which is a really nice uh, 
um, flavor profile. And, uh, yeah, it's been popular. And, you know, my personal favorite one, funny enough, it's a bit of a silly sandwich, but it's called the chip and dip. And it's got caramelized onion schmear, um, green onions, and ripple chips. So it's kind of like your classic, you know, chip and dip, but just in a bagel form. It's just a lot of fun. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of really uh, cool different schmears. Our schmears are actually what we call our flavored cream cheeses. Um, so a lot of really cool different flavors from caramelized onion, roasted tomato, garlic. We've got uh, some feature flavors on right now. We have a strawberry-flavored one. Um, we've done some fun features in the past, a pizza-flavored one. We have a honey dill one, which is kind of more of that, you know, local, you know, Winnipeg flair kind of a thing. So, yeah, we've been having a lot of fun with our uh, schmears, and um, the sandwiches are really great, and the bagels are even better. Well, the bagels are fantastic. As I said, that smoked Montreal meat sandwich was amazing. But i got to ask you about your schmears, because they, I think, might be your secret weapon. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. They're... Um, they're they're, uh, they're pretty fun, and they're, they're great on the bagels. The bagels are great just on their own, for sure. But, um, I mean, bagels and cream cheese, they, they go together. They, they're synonymous with each other, right? Sure. So um, we had to have some fun with that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, cream cheese is just a blank canvas for flavor, so you throw some fun stuff at it, and it seems to stick. And fresh. I mean, that's obviously what you guys uh, pride yourselves on, because those schmears, like, for example, um, uh, the uh, uh, onion uh, schmear, I'm I'm not sure the exact name. The caramelized onion one, yeah. Yeah, and it's obvious that somebody is cooking those onions, caramelizing those onions, and mixing it in with this incredible cream cheese. Yeah, no, we we caramelize lots of onions. A lot of of crying staff in the shop when that's happening, but... um, (laughs) Uh, yeah, we use, we use real onions, and uh, it's, it's extremely potent, and it's very oniony, and it's great. It's, and that's by far our most popular schmear, too, and it's mm-hmm. not particularly close. Everybody loves that one. Yeah. Um, it's my personal favorite as well. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad I could get you on here on, on Bagel Day. One year ago today, I was uh, customer number one. Uh, I watched you start <laughs> to bake these things, deliver them before you ever had a store. Now you got a store. Uh, do you hope to have multiple stores one day? What's the plan for Bagelsmith? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm only uh, I'm only a rookie at this still. We're still pretty green. Would that you know that'd be a dream come true? Obviously, but right now we're focusing on um, the one brick and mortar store we have right now at 185 Carlton Street. We are sold in a few grocery stores in the city as well. Um, Cats at Anardi, uh, Deluca's on Portage, and Myers Deli also carry our bulk bagels in half dozen bags. So we deliver to those places throughout the week. Um, Colossal Coffee on Pacific also carries our bagels and schmear that they serve as singles. Mm-hmm. Um, we also carry Colossal Coffee as our coffee, which is um, a delicious, a delicious blend. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the future has in store for us, but I'm just having fun with being able to do this at the shop and you know, finally getting to meet my customers and see people enjoying the bagels. Like, you know, as you said, we started doing online sales, so it was kind of a unique experience that I had a lot of customers, but I didn't know who they were. So it's mm. nice to finally get seeing people enjoying the food, um, putting some, well, I guess, masks to the names, if you will. Um, but, uh, no, it's, it's been a very exciting time for my family and I, and we're thrilled with what's happened so far. Phil Klein, Bagelsmith. I think the uh, future is bright, my friend. Thanks a lot for doing this. Thanks, Hal. Take care. Hope you have a great bagel day. Um, by the way, uh, Sky Neller, uh, who produces this show occasionally, it's uh, producer Kyle today, Kyle Milroy, uh, but Sky was producing my show just by chance one year ago today on Bagel Day, and she swears by the bagels at Bagel uh, Smith. And um, if she were on the air, I would get her on to because when I told her that I was going to have Phil on today uh, for a little Hal's Kitchen segment uh, before the weekend, uh, she was disappointed that she was not going to be here. <laughs>
because it is Friday, it's uh, time to visit with Dr. Cyrus Dirksen, drcyrus.com, D-R-S-Y-R-A-S.com. Cyrus, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. How are you doing? Excellent. Hey, uh, you were a big star on uh, global television, global news TV last night, uh, talking about uh, everybody being excited about the Jets being back. Let's start there. I just wanted to ask you about that. Uh, People may have heard the story or seen the story on TV, Um, but the Jets being back at it and the Jets being back here on CJOB puts a lot of people in a better mood, and, and we need a lifting of our spirits right about now, don't we? Boy, we sure do, and it's nice to have something like that that brings us all together and helps us to feel like we are rooting for the same cause and and it's amazing how things like that can just make us feel like we're right in there right in there playing the game with them and out there doing something so yeah that's kind of shown in the brain it's shown when people are i don't know i think i mentioned in the in the clip you know what i missed it i don't know exactly which parts were shown but i mentioned how people are like you know twitching and yelling or you know doing fake slap shots at home and stuff like this and so yeah you know, people uh, really do feel like they're in it, and uh, yeah. it's nice to get out, even if it's through something like that. Yeah, and, and you know, the same with the weather, too, right? Like, the weather has been nice and mild. People have been out enjoying uh, the weather. Um, I, I really think, you know, we see these um, opportunities, I guess, to get outside or to cheer for our team as sort of, uh, you know, minor victories at a pretty tough time. Yeah, you know, it is nice to really just be able to focus on some positive things. And, and right now, uh, when you're faced with all the challenges that we are, any positive is is really relished. And uh, so just like somebody who's really hungry, anything tastes good. And uh, so we're just happy to get some good news, and they'll just taste all the better with all these things that are happening. Mm-hmm. I love the prepared subject matter for our discussion today. We're talking about zombies, we're talking about dogs, and we're talking about robots, Cyrus. I love this. Uh, before we get to dogs and robots, let's start with zombies. I've, I've read a couple of articles on this. This is interesting stuff. Um, listen, as devastating as this pandemic is... Um, zombie movies and i am a zombie movie fan i love zombie movies zombie movies are preparing many people for the pandemic please explain well i we i i I talk to parents every once in a while their parents you know parents are cautious and anxious about you know what their children are watching and you know well they should be uh some research points to you know how we should be cautious about what our children watch but they kind of wonder sometimes like why is my child so fascinated with these horrible topics, you know, or, or these kind of things that they're watching. And and uh, so this goes to this general principle that we watch and engage in stories or, you know, when we rubberneck and look at, like, ambulance, uh, you know, accidents on the side of the road and things like that. We're fascinated by trauma. We're fascinated by disaster. We're fascinated by life events in general, like reality TV and things like this. And that's because through story, through watching people live their lives, either on the side of the road or on television or on books, uh, we, or through people telling us stories about themselves, we learn how to live by watching and hearing stories. We get to practice our lives before we live it. And so, you know, why make a mistake in real life when you can hear a story and avoid it, right? So um, when we watch, and this applies to zombie movies, when we watch zombie movies or in this study with apocalyptic movies or alien invasions, it actually prepared people to be able to manage disaster because we're watching people do it on screen. And so we're prepared, as, as strange as that might sound. 
And so I kind of am reassuring the parents, like it's normal for children to be fascinated with these kinds of awful stories or weird things that they're watching because it doesn't mean they want to do it necessarily. It means they want to understand it. They want to understand what's Mm -hmm. going on in this world and it'll help them in the future. Interesting. So, I mean, it's not necessarily helping them build a bunker or stock up on food for 25 years, but it's helping them to prepare for a horrible uh, uh, situation like a pandemic, which we're in, or or a zombie apocalypse or whatever. It, it, it helps them to prepare mentally for that. Right. I mean, even death. I mean, if you were to watch shows on, on death or, uh, you know, it's kind of like when people go to church or uh, go to you know other spiritual events. People can prepare for all kinds of things that they're not looking forward to necessarily, or not mm-hmm. necessarily easy. In fact, we're more interested in things that aren't good, aren't easy, because we want to be mentally prepared and know what to expect. And yes, you can even get yourself ready for you know terrible things like diseases and deaths and pandemics. In fact, yeah. that's often some of the things we're most interested in. Mm. Well, I'm going to phone after my show today. I'm going to phone my mom, Ada, and I'm going to say, Mom, remember when I was a kid and I watched those movies and you were worried about the way I would turn out? Well, bad news. I turned out badly. <laughs> I didn't turn out very well. But Dr. Cyrus says it's normal for kids to be interested in, in movies like that. Anyhow. Okay, let's move on. Robots still to come. Let's move on to dogs. So we're moving from zombies to dogs. What dogs can teach you about your own personality that's the headline. As silly as it sounds, I learn from my dog every day. I really do. So, um, what uh, <laughs> what um, what do dogs teach us about our own personality, Doc? Well, this is a new piece of research. I love this from the Clever Dog Lab <laughs> in the University of Vienna. <laughs> Such a funny name. The Clever Dog Lab came out with yes. some research. And uh, they worked with a, with a bunch. My wife was so happy we were talking about dogs today. I just have to give her a shout-out. And she would like to tell everybody that bigger dogs are better. I'm sure that will get your your listeners talking. Uh, that's not my opinion. That's my Well, wife. I tell everybody, I always say how dogs are better than cats, and that gets me in trouble. So so she's got nothing to worry about because the cat uh, people hate me. And, uh, and listen, I love cats, too. Don't get me wrong. But I would love to have a big dog. Hershey's a little dog. I would love to have a big dog. Like, I want to go St. Bernard. And Jackie's like, never. Oh, yeah. Not in a million years. So shout out to your wife. Big dogs are better. For sure. <laughs> and so this uh, clever dog lab found that you know they're just saying there's there's a lot of similarities between us and dogs, and it's nice to study dogs because you know they they age a little bit faster, so you can follow them and see the changes. They were studying aging here, and what they found in dogs was that uh, novelty seeking was you know pretty high through the dog's life, but then it, it really went down at the end. That was probably their strongest finding. And they were suggesting that this is true for us as well, that when we get older, we aren't as interested in this. In novelty, maybe we get used to it. You know, we uh, become less reactive to new things. And this probably helps us to inhibit negative responses when we have these, we don't have these bad reactions to things that maybe get us into trouble. And uh, so we become more stable. And there's other research, other places saying, you know, as we get older, we become, make better decisions and they're better leaders because of things like this. Probably we don't get overwhelmed. And, um, and so, yes, yeah, so that's one thing that they're also seeing in dogs. They also seem to kind of get better at problems, problem solving. Um, they also become a little bit more independent and active um, as they get older, particularly, you know, younger dogs like grow a lot more in independence quite quickly. Younger dogs get better at problem solving quite quickly. And then over time, older dogs will start to not be as interested in new things. And I think some of these 
principles we can see in, uh, in, in human beings. I think that there are some very, you know, big similarities in this. I know I'm, I, in my age, I'm starting to feel less novelty seeking myself. I was just thinking that today, actually, as I was like, <laughs> hey, you know, I've done some things in my life. You know, I don't know if I need to do as many new things as I was <laughs> yeah, doing when right. I was younger. I'm getting a little more satisfied as I get older. Yep. And, and uh, so maybe I'm getting to be a little bit of an older dog myself. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like a fine wine, Dr. Cyrus, like a fine wine. We mellow, you know. We um, that for sure. Hershey, my dog, got me in trouble yesterday because I was eating a bag of Hawkins Cheesies, which is a real treat for me. I don't eat very many of those, and I was having some. And Hershey, of course, you know, Jackie doesn't let Hershey enjoy anything that she has, but I like to share with Hershey just a little taste, right? Come on, dog. And so I reached down and I gave uh, Hershey a cheesy. Well, Hershey did not lick up the uh, orange dust on the floor after she was done. And when Jackie got home, we both got busted, right? And uh, anyhow, um, I just I don't know why I shared that with you, but I'm in trouble with the wife and, and the dog's not talking to me. And what else is new? Okay, uh, robots, our final one here. Uh, three ways we can be tricked into liking robots. Yeah, I think a lot of us are worried about robots, right? As, as AI becomes more of a thing. I think we're worried about robots taking our jobs and and all kinds of stuff. So um, maybe we, you know, tricking us into liking robots is is a good idea. Well, I think it's it's a real thing. I think uh, they were talking here about, you know, giving a voice, you know, making it a human kind of sounding voice, um, giving a name, you know, making a face on the robot to make them look more human. and, And, you know, like we are, we're suckers for these kind of things, you know, like we... You know, if anybody, if you see a dog, for example, we'll go back to dogs. Yeah, uh, you know, cock their head to the side or something like that. We think it's super cute. You know, um, these are, it's like a sign of empathy amongst humans to kind of tilt your head to the side. And so when we see it in a dog, we feel the same thing. And when we see it in a robot, we see the same thing. I mean, this idea that we humanize or we connect with inanimate objects is not new. Well, most of us have had, you know, teddy bears or something yep. like that when we were young. Name our car, right? You got a car, mm-hmm. you name your car. Yep. Yeah, how many people out there have shed a tear, you know, uh, when they've had to get rid of their favorite car or something like that mm-hmm. to get connected, right? Yeah. And so, you know, people, when they, uh, when it's the same thing for robots, when they were able to give robots, uh, you know, a face, a human face or, uh, or, or tone like a human, they had higher customer satisfaction ratings when they were getting served by a robot. And when robots made mistakes, mm-hmm. they were more forgiving to the robot and still gave them higher ratings, even when they made mistakes, if they were looking like a person. And uh, I'm pro-robot myself in a lot of ways. I mean, I guess I've watched maybe too many AI movies. I am a little nervous about some of the potential effects, but I sure like having a robot vacuum, and I bet I would like it more if it had a smile for me in the morning, and maybe that's the next step that they should do. (laughs) Right. Hey, listen, when it comes to robots and, and AI, artificial intelligence, I don't think it matters whether we like it or not. It's coming. I know, and it's it yeah. is a little. It's something that makes me a little bit nervous when they get a little smarter. I mean, I still want my robots to be a little smarter. I want my robot vacuum to be a little smarter. I want my coffee machine to be a little smarter. But yeah, there's a limit, and uh, we'll get there. <laughs> a little smarter is okay, but when the vacuum's smarter than me, that's when I worry. <laughs> that's when I start getting nervous. As long as it can hey. vacuum better than me, that's okay. But <laughs> well, yes, right, yeah. <laughs> Cyrus, thanks a lot. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next Friday. You too, Hal. We'll see you. All right. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.